0: Hi everybody, my name is Colin Lake and this is the Great Gear podcast. I want you to know that I'm always continually working on improving myself mentally and physically to stay strong, to stay sharp, and to become as resilient as possible. My hope is to talk to as many smart people as I can and use the knowledge from them to help drive the human race to a stronger, healthier, and happier one. This is a podcast to help people improve themselves with self-care through movement and strength. We will talk to smart and strong individuals that use the tools that we believe in. Steel clubs, maces, and of course, kettlebells. I'm a strong first elite instructor and have trained clients for 10 years before switching careers. Now, as the owner of GreatLakesGear.com, I want to help educate and motivate people to become better versions of themselves. To utilize these tools like I do and many others do as well. This is a podcast to pick the brains of smart and knowledgeable individuals and help you become harder to kill. If you're listening to this and enjoy it, please give us a follow and a review on Apple. Enjoy the next podcast.
1: I'm very excited to kick this podcast off with Emery, the uh, owner and creator of and You came up with Curpedo and this amazing device. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to have you uh, on the show today or on the podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about grip and uh, how useful your uh, Gripito tool is and how you came up with it uh, and what people do with it and why they, the, why, why they would use it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk all things grip and, and kind of go down that rabbit hole with you. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, so the first question is, is, why is grip so important? Everyone talks about it. So why is grip important? Well, you know, I think
2: I think overall grip got more popular in the last uh, couple of years. I, I, I see a big shift in, I think, probably in the last two, three years. I think that has to do with, you know, I think it all ha- started happening with people uh, just starting to get more active, uh, development of CrossFit and, you know, uh, kettlebells coming out. There's been a huge movement, I think, in the last 10 years uh, with health and fitness in general. And I think what happened is, you know, after a while you know people are training and then and then i, I feel like uh, a lot of people just naturally went into grip i i just noticed that because they realized how important it is um you know for overall lifts and and for overall sports i um i think there's several reasons why it went in that direction uh, the reason why i ended up in grip is i realized how important it is for sports um I grew up doing different martial arts, uh, specifically judo, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and uh, sambo. Um, for those, I, I just realized it's, it's ex- extremely important. You're, you're, uh, there was a research that was done for elite athletes uh, for judo, and one of the things they found was the top, the top uh, 3 5%, their grip was actually a lot stronger. That was one, uh, one quality that they had in common. And it, and it made sense. I, I knew that, you know, learning judo and it's something that I found to be everybody that does a martial art re- knows how important grip is. And that's, that's kind of how it started for me.
1: That's uh, that's awesome. That's fantastic stuff. Um, it's, it's so uh, good to see uh, someone as passionate uh, about grip training uh, as I am. Uh, it, it's really such an important staple. Um, and, and improving functional grip strength uh, is just very, very important uh, on so many different levels uh, for everybody, like there's not one person that can't benefit from improving their grip strength. Um, and if you're thinking about uh, movement as well, um, when you're looking, and that's why I really love the torpedo, is it, it's really good at, at, at rotating. Right, Uh, whether you're going to be using it on the barbell uh, or you're going to be doing sand wrenching. Um, And it's interesting, we'll get in, I'll ask you about the concentric aspect of things uh, because I know that's a a part of it as well. But um, so there's not very many uh, grip training uh, devices out there that kind of hit the movement that you're hitting with. The gripito, and that's kind of what it sets it apart. Um, now I've got some neat exercise uh, tools here. I've got some uh, i am Tugs and some uh, Captain's a Crush from Iron's Mind. I got a Sotsky's uh, hand exerciser. I'm not sure if you've ever seen this guy before. Yeah, I, uh, I have. I've never used it, but I've
2: seen it. Yep.
1: Okay. So uh, grip training, uh, grip training is so important. Obviously, for functional health, it's going to be. Uh, very important from uh, the time that you're very young all the way until uh, the day that you die. You want to be able to maintain your grip as, as long as you possibly can. Uh, three, uh, A lot of things that you want to focus on uh, with functional strength and, and being functional, that word gets thrown around a lot, uh, but it's it's a really good thing to be functionally fit and functionally being able to function. Right, That's what it's all about. Um, so grip, and uh midsection strength and uh your ability to move um, under load and with some sort of strength is very very important uh it's also it's important for lifting up things and moving out of the way or getting uh, out of the way of an emergency situation of some sort um but it's also good for falling if you're if you move well and you're strong uh, you're going to protect your body and it's going to have a better reactive capability when you fall. Um, so you're less susceptible to injury um, and it's just keeping you sharp uh, for, for life, right? So I'm all about keeping as strong as you possibly can and functioning for as long as I possibly can. Um, so again, the, the Crepito, uh, such an amazing tool. Um, I love the fact that it's rotational and you're constantly um, pronating and supinating or internally rotating and externally rotating uh, depending on how you're getting your body involved with it now when you're traditionally training with it um i can just demonstrate here i have some some different views it looks like in my back is you but i have a camera over here that i'm going to use so i'm right now i'm going into supination so i'm pronated here and i'm going into supination so you can see that's going to have a coupling effect with my arm right which will can actually have an effect on your whole torso rotation so that's why this is very important to train in the different dimensions and different planes which the torpedo is going to help with um i know i've just been talking until uh, i do i'm pretty good at that i'll let you get some some uh words in here after all that spiel that i've just said what would you uh, say about everything that I just got well, well, th- out
2: there? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think, you know, I think you, everything you said is great. I think you had v- very good uh, topics, very good, made very good points with a lot of the different things. You know, uh, I guess the functional strength, you know, that's a term that, you know, there, you know I, I remember Michael Boyle talking about it and things like that. And there's like different ways to use that word. But if we're talking about, um, you know, real world strength, like uh, our hands, connect us to the external world. You know, whether you're swinging a baseball bat, whether it's you're in a martial arts situation, you're grabbing your opponent, your hands are the connection point. And, and that's one link you, uh, that, that, that can easily be the weakest link because you're connecting to the external world. So um, uh, it, can be, it, can, it can be a very key item that falls in the functional uh, category, whether you're carrying stuff, whether you are doing sports, Um, you know, swinging a tennis racket or a baseball, throwing a baseball or, you know, uh, swinging a baseball bat, uh, grips can be incredibly important. And with the grips, there's a lot of aspects with the, you know, having a strong wrist too, because uh, that also, depending on the sport, is a key component because just with a strong grip, without the wrist strength, you're not able to uh, apply the forces you need uh, uh, for the sport or the situation you are in. And that, that's a whole deep topic and rabbit hole. For right. sure. And, with three-dimensional
1: movement too, sorry, with three-dimensional <laughs> movement, um, like really rarely do you move in like a sagittal plane like all day long like a robot, right? Like you're <laughs> going to be rotating, reaching, internally rotating, externally rotating. And then depending on which level your hand is at and what you're reaching for, That'll determine whether you're going to have a, a palm up or a palm down, all depending on, on what you're doing with the object in your hand mm-hmm. and where it is. If it's up high uh, and how it's coming in and what you're doing, if you're catching it, if you're blocking it, there's going to yep. be all these different things that come into play when you're um, figuring out where to put your hand and how to put it. And we're, um, So it's very interesting um, with, with the rotational aspect there. It's, it's, uh, it's very very neat stuff. Um, what I was getting to here is very interesting. It's the way that you, you said that uh, it's the way that you connect uh, to the to the world, right? That's you're going to connect and you're touching your hands to that physical object. Now, I've been really like quite the the foot uh, kind of Nazi, right? Like I'm all about grounding your feet, rooting your foot through the floor, barefoot all the way when you're training. Um, when you put your uh, foot uh, footwear on, it's going to dampen your abilities to react because the sensory mechanisms in your foot with the proprioception. So it's really interesting. Now you got the other, the other side of the body, right? So you got mm-hmm. your feet going into the ground, your root nose to the floor, getting all that connection and that grounding. The other aspect of it is the grip. So whatever you're going to be gripping, catching, throwing, picking up, it's the other link to the other side of the tissues that you're grounding to the ground. Right? That's so a very good really, point.
2: That's a very good point, yeah. That's a it's huge a, point. It's
1: very interesting. So if you're going to take something in from the side, right, um, you're going to be generating force. And a, a tip. Like it's just very interesting and neat the way you're looking at movement and force and where where is it going. It's, obviously, there's got to be the objective of what you're doing with the item that's coming in. Are you picking it up? Is it coming in? Are you catching it? Are you throwing it? Right. What um, mm-hmm. are you trying to take someone down? So, there's all these different things that come into play with grip. But if you're thinking about, it's it's just, it ties the puzzle together, right? If you're into functional movement training for longevity, um, just being an optimal functioning human, having amazing grip and your ability to react impact forces um, is very key. So improving time and coordination, all that stuff. but uh, the grip, uh, super important. <laughs> well, obviously, this, we've been stapling that. You know, everyone knows that it's really important, but this tool will help you effectively train your grip in that three-dimensional movement, and that's why it's so awesome. Um, again, I'm just gonna demonstrate uh, what I'm talking about uh, for people that are gonna look at this on YouTube. So if I'm reaching in and internally rotating, uh, with my arm so this is pronation okay? and this is internal rotation of my arm okay? this is ex- pro, um, supination and external rotation of my arm okay? So supination of the wrist external rotation of the elbow and the, uh, the humerus right so that's going to couple with movement with your torso so when you're internally rotating your shoulder or your humerus and you're pronating your hand and reaching down that's gonna couple with that rotation to that side right so all this rotational movement that you're training with your wrist and you're strengthening that can kind of make a break in, cer- in certain situations um, it can be the weak link like you're talking about so when in a kinetic chain this is an example for an arm wrestle right if you're gonna be so you're just locked in that arm wrestle, you're in that battle, and then you're breaking at the wrist, right? You're going to get that, that missing link, that crucial link right there, and that kinetic chain is going to be broken because of the grip, and now you're going to lose that capability, and it'll just effectively weaken that whole kinetic chain um, from the wrist. So, um, yeah, that's that can be a weak point. So you want to strengthen up all your weak points, so grip is... Uh, Definitely, one thing that you should be training that you're most likely not. Well, you do train grip if you're doing a deadlift. You're training grip if you're doing a pull-up. You're training grip, but like I mean, direct grip training, um, and that's where the gripito comes in. So, um, what kind of a training schedule? And what? How do you use the gripito? And and how would it, you program it? in your program? Uh, That's a really good
2: question, and and I think that depends on a lot of things. It depends on the sport and and your ultimate goal for training. Um, I I know I have climbers that use, you know, do a lot of climbing. Um, They they like to use the sand training method uh, two, three times a week. Um, Usually, if they had a hard climbing day, the next day they'll just do just uh, sand wrenching, um, maybe like 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on how they feel um so usually after a tough workout it's the concentric sand training uh it, it combines well it's it's similar to let's say you do squat heavy squats and you know like the next day you probably want to do sleds just to you know help with the it's something less um uh, it's low impact and like sleds are a good recovery tool and that's kind of got me thinking you know I absolutely love sleds and I, I love doing it after squats the next day. It's great for recovery. Um, how do I do that for my grips? Because my my overall, my upper body was just getting beat up day in and day out. And that's how the sand training came along. So that's how usually a lot of clim- uh, climbers use the um, sand method.
1: Very interesting. So can you explain for everybody, just to make it clear about the concentric, um, what you're talking about? um what what do you how are you why would a sled after a squat uh be beneficial so you squatted on monday and then tuesday you're hitting some sleds so why would that be beneficial for you so if you
2: uh concentric uh sleds battle ropes um they got really popular there was they all of a sudden boomed in the last 10 years and and the reason for it is because concentric um uh, training. So when you, when you're lifting, uh, you have the concentric phase and the eccentric phase, the eccentric phase is where the muscles breaking down and, you know, everybody, you know, in the strength world, know that's where the strength gains are. And and there's no argument about that. It's, it's, it's great. That's, that's how you get strong. Um, but the thing about that is, you know, when you're training heavy and you have a lot of uh, heavy eccentric loads, it, it can fry your nervous system. It can, it's a, it's, it's taxing the body. Um, the cool thing about sleds and, um, and battle ropes, um, uh, I'll, I'll focus on sleds for right now. Uh, it's mainly concentric. So you don't have a negative phase. You're not breaking down muscle, uh, you know, which makes it a lot easier to recover from. Uh, it, it's it's very low impo- impact on the body. Um, that's another very important tool uh, thing because we're having so many athletes getting injured because they're, they're they're overtrained and you know they're constantly lifting and they're doing their sport and maybe they're not they don't have the best programming and they don't have the best recovery. Um, it can lead to injury. so it's very important important to have uh, uh, concentric training methods such as sleds uh, in, in in a lifting program. And I think they got very popular with the. Um, I think I was talking to Adam um, Glass and he was selling. In who's big in the grip world and he was telling me. Uh, the West Side dumbbell, their uh, barbell, sorry, West Side barbell, Louis Simmons team are, are big on sleds. I didn't really know that myself, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. And um, uh, I think low impact training tools are overall very helpful to control the wear and tear on athletes. Uh, end of, end of the day. Um, it's uh, you, your body can only take so much, um, but not just for athletes for longevity, longevity. Now I'm, getting older um you know my body's not recovering as it used to and low impact training methods um are are really gold for me and they, they help my recovery and they help the overall wear and tear and stress on my body so that's how i'm with you on that came into place yeah
1: yeah i don't know, <laughs> like how, how old are you emmy
2: i just turned 30
1: 38 yep Nice, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be 35 in May. So I'm, I'm at the point where like, I, uh, I, I do want to be fairly really strong, but I'm not hit. I'm not, I don't have a three bench or a three, uh, three plate bench goal or anything like that right now. Um, we'll see if that happens. That was a goal at my, like maybe about five years ago, but my goal is changed and shifted. i never did reach that goal. Um, but, uh, now I, I just truly want to be as strong as I can and and function and uh, not be sore, enjoy my life, uh, and and stay uh, as injury-free as I possibly can. And when I do get an injury, I want to be able to recover from it as best that I can. And that's what I've done fairly well throughout my life. I've got quite a few injuries. Um, and that's another thing, like when you – don't function if you don't move very well, and you sit a lot and you're sedentary and and you're not walking and getting those steps in and moving You're going to be constantly in a flex position internally rotated and abducted right things aren't going to want to move as well and um, When you do that your shoulders kind of get grumpy and your shoulder is a very very important player in rotational movement And again, I'm so into rotation because that's how people move um, they move with rotate or should move the people Bodies are amazing, and they can adapt uh, to 10 and everything. So, like, if someone's not moving in their spine very well, they'll find out how to rotate through their knee or through their, their ankle or wherever else they need to get that rotation from to get the movement to happen. Um, so, talk, or concentric. You are talking about the concentric action of things. We went into this slide and how it's so important and low impact and all that stuff. It's all coming back to me. Yeah. Okay, so with low impact, so this is constantly – so you're talking about because you're, when you're wrenching it or yeah. what, sorry, this wouldn't be called a wrench, would it? <laughs> Cause I'm not in the sand. Well, I guess, rotating...
2: I guess if you're working with the barbell method, if you're working just the phase going up and not the negative, negative phase going down, that still, that still could be considered concentric. Uh, it's just a lot easier. Uh, if you're working in sand or rice, uh, in the bucket, uh, to do, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to get the most out of concentric, but that works, that works as well. And we have a lot of guys that just work the way up and they just let it roll down. And, um, when we post those videos, a lot of people have like negative comments, but they don't understand one thing. The guy, the guys that are doing that, they're getting a lot more volume. In. Their, their goal is not to work on strength. The, the goal is to work on, uh, conditioning. So if you're, especially if you're getting close to a competition, you don't want to, do things that wear you out and you have to recover from. So I a lot of coaches I've seen, and what worked for me is doing a lot of concentric closer to the game. So instead of um, doing, you know, the negative phase with the barbell roll-ups closer to the game, I'll just focus on the concentric, let it roll down. Just do more volume. You're more, you're going to work on conditioning more. You're going to recover fairly well. And um, you know, those two, components are key and it also reduces risk of injury too if you're focusing uh, on concentric so that's that's one thing i've seen in the from very good coaches uh and that and that made me start thinking how can i do this for the upper body how can i do this for the arms rather than just using a sled just to pull and you can do a lot with the sleds too and i absolutely love it but this hits the forearms um which Uh is huge for me and uh, and and you know grip you know our grips get beat up because you know a- every time you grab a dumbbell barbell you know you're always working your grips out and if you're doing a sport like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or judo it's so easy to uh, get injured if you have start having forearm injuries because they're getting overworked so easy and, and for a small group of muscle
1: right yeah and with the uh, like, we're talking about small, intrinsic little muscles in the hand. We want to strengthen up those little guys because that's going to be uh, obviously connecting to all the flexors in the fore, in the forearms, right? So all those intrinsic little muscles you want to be strengthening up so those guys can fire up and get that kinetic chain firing up the whole forearm there. Um, do you train more pronation or supination? Because a lot of people are internally rotated and stuck in internal. Do you focus a lot more on external or is it like how you... Got um, that, into uh that, that, that's a good
2: question and i was talking to a couple physical therapists about that and we were, we were debating um you know should should we focus on just external because you know you're you're getting so much internal focus with you know uh, athletes are getting a lot of that and the, uh external uh for i guess external shoulder, shoulder rotation for example that's something we focus on a lot because of to, to balance it out honestly for me I do it both, I, I just try to make sure it's balanced. If I'm working with the Grappito and if I'm trying to make sure my shoulder, uh, internal, external rotators, if I'm working this way, I, I will set up the barbell so I can work both directions and make sure it's str- strong. If I'm working on my forearm supinators and pronators, I like to bend my elbow at 90 with the barbell and I will just, that way, right. I'm just focusing. It completely
1: changes everything. It's yep. so awesome. So just to uh, reiterate what you are just saying, so when you're doing it at a short lever, when you're bending the elbow, you're going to be using the uh, supinators and pronators. You're going to be focusing on that a lot more. When you strengthen or straighten your arm out and you're doing it at about sh- shoulder level, obviously you're going to be working on the grip, but that drive is going to be coming from the internal and external rotators of the shoulder and not from the supinators and pronators in the forearm. That's, that's correct. correct. Yep. 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 Cool. Yep. Yeah, it's super important. That's that's really neat. Yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot because um, I I ha- like I've I've done some uh, some work with the torpedo I and I I guarantee I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, after this episode. It's going right in the program. Um, I have used it and it's an amazing tool, but Thank I'm you. utilizing it. Uh, as much as I should be. So I am going to be implementing it uh, into my next training block, which I'm excited about. Um, so inter uh, supernators and pronators, you're going to focus on that. Now do you, that's uh, awesome because you, you got your shoulders very mobile, it uh, goes in a lot of different directions. Uh, do You uh, focus on uh, any specific area or do you train in multiple planes when you're doing that? How so do you break that up?
2: Th- 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 those are two ways to train. Um i also i also train for example my elbow 90 degrees so um and i can you know if i'm working like this i also will train like this so i'm getting ulnar and radial deviation so uh, what i'm trying to get to is um i still like to mix it up with different angles at my uh at my elbow so i'm getting and i like to change the so if i have my palm down like this with my thumb here i like to work in different angles, so uh, I'm constantly changing the, the way I grip the grappito. That way, I'm getting hitting different angles of the wrists. Uh, I'm getting a little bit of shoulder internal external rotation, and it's getting closer real world uh, type of training. And and this especially with the wrist, it can strengthen the wrist in a uh, all around in 360 uh, uh, fashion, if that makes sense. So I'm not just working extension flexion here. And it's not just this, sometimes it's, it's this, if that makes sense. So end of the day, there's really not, I don't believe there's a wrong way to train. There's just some ways you can optimally focus on, uh, some areas. A good example is if you just want to focus on wrist extension and flexion, you can keep your palm down just like this and, and just work in that fashion. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: exactly. Get the dowel out and start rolling up those weights. That's always a good one. I, I used to do that when I was really young. Just get the, the dowel and get the this, this string out there and just wrap some, uh, some weights up and uh, do some flexion extension. That really burned um, that's some good stuff. So. I'm not following what you were just saying, though. So yeah. could you go over that one more time so I can understand
2: so, it? So, so that's with my palm uh, down, right? So if I want to work uh, ulnar and radial deviation, I will gra- grip the ball with my, my thumb up like this. So I would pretty much – actually, no. Uh, so the gripito would be, yeah, into my palm like this. It will be a 90, making a 90-degree with my, with my forearm. So right now the grappito is one uh, uh, is aligned with your uh, forearm. You want to yeah, like that exactly. So you're gripping it like that, right? So yeah. I'm pretty much uh-huh. yeah. So but right like inside that? of your palm, right inside of your palm, yeah. should be touch. It w- should be aligned with the uh, gripito. So it should be like that if that makes sense. So the ball would be here, and my hand would be right here. No, you're gripping it a little bit under the bottom. You want to bring your hand. To the top you so you're right here yeah exactly yep that's it so okay so,
1: yes. I get you I understand so, thank you, sure. you walked me through that,
2: yeah, sure. that so that's
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so
2: with that you can work
1: uh wrist ulnar and radial deviation right I could I can see that totally now I appreciate you taking the time and walking me through that it took took a while for the gears to get it there but it's I got right. it. Yeah. Um yeah that's cool so right here You're not really working as much uh, the radial and ulnar deviation. And again, uh, that is fantastic. So right there, you're really working it. And you're doing it under load, which is fantastic. Um, And again, you can choose to do the concentric or the eccentric action. Um, I I was just about to chat with that. I'm not well-educated in the breakdown of muscle and all that, science behind everything. I just like uh, moving well and opening things up i believe in like getting balance and joint centration and opening things up um evenly so externally in ro- externally rotating internally rotating kind of evenly throughout the different joints right obviously flexing ascending uh, in a balanced way so going through all the the movements that you should be able to do doing that in uh, in an acceptable range and uh in a, in a relatively strong kind of fashion um, so being able to move, my point is being able to move uh, as you're designed to move in the ranges that you're supposed to be able to move in and do it uh, with ease and hopefully with some strength. Um, so that's, uh, that's awesome stuff. I, I appreciate you showing me that. I'm going to add that in there. That really gets the radial and ulnar deviation. I'm assuming that a lot of arm wrestlers would like that one. Oh yes,
2: uh, arm wrestlers like that because you know they have, they pull here. Arm wrestlers also have a game they call it top roll, which they're pretty much from here. If you uh, if you grip your opponent, you're pretty much trying to turn your palm down, pronate here. So uh, this is if you can do this, it's so so much easier to. It's it's a key thing for arm wrestling. Um, for sure, and so-
1: you're gonna pronate and flex and. Uh- Radial, r- yeah. Radial there's EVA different to go yeah, down, right? That, and you'll all alleviate yeah,
2: to they, lose. Yeah, they pretty much flex the uh, uh, wrist here, and they, they pull, and then once they get to a point, they want to turn uh, pronate and turn over. Uh, there's different ways. To, I, I I'm not an expert. I just talked to a lot of uh, folks that do arm wrestling, um, but they find you know the the ability to pronate and uh, work the pronators and supinators in the forearm. Uh key for arm wrestling.
1: Uh, I think that it'd be like the turning up like the gas. It would be like a NOS, you know what I mean? Like if your chest and and your internal rotators and your adductors of your humerus aren't aren't doing the job, then you're gonna get the the NOS in there, the turbos going in there and just say, Hey, I got this in my back pocket. This is my grip, what's up?
2: Yeah, and for for uh, that specific game they call uh top roll, uh, some players play uh, do in arm wrestling it's uh yeah it's it seems like it's a key component and a lot of it that's looks very, like a lot of athletes are using it yeah, uh, in that's arm pretty wrestling
1: cool stuff. i've never been in arm, i've done some arm wrestles back in my day i haven't done an arm wrestle in probably 20 years i um we are gonna have adam glass uh on the podcast uh shortly so i'm gonna be excited to have him and i'm sure the uh, arm wrestling will come up with him um have you ever been in any uh competitions uh, uh arm, arm wrestling competitions no
2: no just arm wrestling no. my cousins <laughs> yeah no I have yeah, eh? yeah just for fun yeah it's it, it takes a coolness. big toll on the body off the shoulder yeah. and everything I, I'm uh, unless yeah, you have to really love it to do it I, I, I it's getting yeah. really popular actually the last couple of years and um and because yeah. of arm wrestlers being injured so much that we, we are getting a lot of attention from them uh but adam he knows a lot about it uh he can he can talk when you have him on he can cool he can yeah i'll more. definitely i'll be
1: i'll be uh i'll be opening up backhand worm for sure um that's pretty interesting it would be cool just to, to go to a one and uh and and check it out uh not not Maybe not get into it like uh hard- uh, like hardcore and and uh like just drop all my training and just dedicate all the arm wrestling, but watch that's what happens <laughs> yeah dude, those um, guys
2: are really strong, super super strong um, like some of the strongest guys I've seen are arm wrestlers um it's 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 phenomenal how strong I, they get I think get. those
1: nat- naturally strong would probably like arm wrestles. <laughs> um because they're uh you know flexing this good stuff yeah um, it's a, it's a passionate that,
2: sport they're very passionate about yeah, their sport those guys
1: I'm, I'm sure there it is uh grip competitions uh there are some like uh, do you know of any what's uh what's up with the grip competition world i haven't really educated or done enough research yes yeah, so on it very
2: much yeah there's the there's the arm lifting super series going on right now we're, we're a sponsor to them um there's different locations um uh, throughout U.S. And uh, uh, it's, it's a great way to get into the sport. And, you know, I've, I've been trying to – I talk to a lot of athletes and try to get them uh, into it. I, I've been wanting to compete at it. I, I haven't. Um, I have been studying um, arm lifting, and uh, I guess they also – there's another organization called Grip Sport – uh, they both focus on grip and, uh, and, and the fundamentals are very similar. I, I've just studied it for, uh, for very long years just to understand grip and uh, and to implement it to martial arts and different sports. Um, but, but I have um, and, and I have all the implements. I use it. I, I test myself uh, as much as I can, but I try to rem- remind myself, uh, I, I'm an athlete, I'm a martial artist because it's so easy to get carried away in the grip world uh it, mm-hmm. and just it go down that path and you know i, I yeah. try to pull i pull myself back reminding myself i need to get on the air work on my conditioning
1: swing my kettlebell and
2: because it will yes, suck you in it's I'm, very addictive it's i'm super glad addictive. to hear you
1: about the kettlebell that's good i uh <laughs> as you know i'm obviously uh a huge fan of the kettlebell it's uh one fantastic piece of equipment and yeah, so is I the torpedo it. and uh, yeah I, I love
2: i i i think i told you i bought another um kettlebell from uh from from your website I absolutely love them and just been swinging them day in day out, I, I absolutely love Thank the kettlebell say. and mace. Um, I, I my parents are Turkish. Uh, um, I grew up in Turkey ten years, and uh, historically both kettlebell and the mace are are are, are key components. Uh, there's a I was on a podcast recently talking about a mace that is about 250 pounds. That's uh, uh in Istanbul. It's it's hung on a wall, and it was used during the siege and and I'm just, it's
1: just crazy. Someone being able to swing a 250 pound mace, to me, it's just fascinating. Man, it's really kind of ironic that you just said that because mm-hmm. in my last write-up of, uh, my, for my mace podcast, I put in that actually like, traditionally, and I was talking with uh, Rick Brown about this, Mr. Mace mm-hmm. Man, like uh, mace, um, maces were designed uh, off of um, tools that you'd be, obviously swinging at somebody so they weren't going to be that heavy and i'm like so you wouldn't use a heavy mace like a really heavy mace out in battle but you just proved me wrong because that's a heavy freaking mace
2: (laughs) yeah it's a heavy very heavy mace it was used in sultan um, murat the fourth he had a mace that it was i think i think it it was over 200 pounds he used in battle and i think he had another one he swung it with a single arm document, and I think that that one is still over hundred pounds. I can find the exact numbers. There's Man, pictures like, of it.
1: Yeah, in in, these, in the museums. What do these in people Turkey. look like? My- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't Man, know. That's wild.
0: Yeah, that is absolutely it's, it's a-
1: wild. I gotta see, I gotta look into this. Um, yeah. I'm actually uh, just in the process of uh, redesigning uh, my maces and clubs, um, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it because I have a lot of uh, grip in mind when designing them. Um, I'm going to have uh, options for the steel clubs, so I'm going to have no grip on them, and then I'm going to have a light knurling, and then a, a, a savage kind of knurling, um, so I'm going to have all these different options, uh, so I'm excited to bring those uh, with the redesign, and I'm also going to have uh, three different lengths of maces, which will uh, change the leverage uh, for the action, uh, nice, but nice um, yeah. I, I like. To... I'm excited about it, yeah, I like the
2: one point. I think the
1: sweet spot for me for
2: maces is like one point nine, uh, diameter, a little, or one point nine, one point eight inch thickness. It's a little bit under two. Um, that's what I usually like for my hand size for me to focus on grip. But uh, I, I love swinging thick uh, handle maces. They they blow up my forearms. It's a great. It's a great that's, tool.
1: That's something that I actually I had a standard uh, standard size, and uh, for most of the maces. But uh, that's interesting that you bring that up. Um, I'm going to look into that uh, to have different uh, thickness options because uh, right now I'm going to be having uh, a, a flange option, a pommel option, and then a no no pommel or no flange. So I want to have all the different options available um, just for different folks. I know people that do the flows and stuff like that. Like I'm not really into it, but they don't like a pommel or a flange because it's going to get in the way when they're moving their mace. Um, and then if you're doing heavy bouts of it, like 10, five to 10 minutes with heavy maces, you're going to want that pommel because it's going to act as a bit of a break against your hand when you're going for long battles with it. Um, and this is what I was going to chat with you about actually with the, the training with the, uh, the torpedo, um, with the mace training, like you're training for five minute bouts. Um, you're going for longer periods of time with the, uh, these rotational, uh, repetitional movements. Or rotational movements that you're repeating so what kind of a timeline like I think you said something about the programming earlier but like when would you be going for endurance with the grapito and when would you be going for strength with the grapito? So
2: that's uh, you know all very good questions. And I can give some good examples how to actually come. One of my favorite ways to combine it with like a kettlebell workout or like a mace workout, which is one of the favorite things I like to do. Um, I can get into that really quick if you want. And, and then I can get back to Absolutely. Uh, how to f- uh, focus on strength and conditioning. Um, what I love doing is um, I love doing like a kettlebell segment of let's say like 30 swings. I like to superset that with like a uh, 30-second sand bucket. So that uh, wrenching, Um, combining them is brutal. Or if you throw in there like farmer carries with a kettlebell um, or even just isometric holds with a kettlebell um, or just even like cleans, uh, but doing like 15 to 30-second segments and contrasting that with a um, a 15 to 30-second sand a wrenching workout, for example, if you're going to do 30 seconds wrenching, you want to switch arms at the halfway point. For f- so, I'll be 15 seconds with my right, 15 seconds with my left, and then I'll get into like 15 seconds swings with my right arm kettlebell, and then 15 seconds with my
1: left. And, and I got that- so many ideas. So many ideas are just going through my head exactly. right now. Yeah, um, once you get yeah, the- and then you get and then you get the the mason there, and then yes. the farmers carries. Oh, get, yeah. it's just the options are just. What you exactly. can do with that are, mm-hmm. are incredible. And it's awesome because uh, the mace and the steel, or so the mace steel club and kettlebell um, can all help get that cardiovascular uh, kind of aspect into things, right? That conditioning. Uh, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you can really kind of work all of your, uh, your intrinsic grip muscles um, and throw those in there, which, well, it's kind of like nasty because like it's like a break, but not a break.
2: Yeah, um, oh, it's yeah, it's it gets you. Like your, your, your heart getting a little
1: yeah. bit of a break, but your arms are just like, okay, yeah,
2: man. yeah, it's 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 wild. Your forearms, your heart will still be pumping hard, and your forearms will have all this <laughs> yeah. lactic acid. Your body doesn't know what to do to get rid of it, and it's painful. It's uh, yeah, it's good for mental toughness too. I because I, uh, you, you're enduring a lot of pain and working through a Hang lot on. of uh, com- I discomfort. So, I, I really like that. Plus. Um, you know, I love doing workouts like that, but you have to be careful not to get injured. I find sand is low impact enough to do something crazy yep. combining them. And I like to do two. Uh, I would do one exercise and sand or maybe two exercises. So you can do a club swing uh, and then and then like a kettlebell farmer carry or f- kettlebell uh, cleans or swings, and then put it in third, third exercise as a sand wrenching. And you can make uh, little segments of um, – like two th- uh maybe have like five different workouts but each one is like two exercises and one of them is a sand training or you can have three if that makes sense and just do like uh, a couple a few rounds of each of course you want to yeah. slowly build up but it can it can get really brutal uh i recommend yeah, it for you... any athlete that needs endurance for their
1: arms in general upper body left yeah,
2: because it's super critical uh, for a lot yeah, of sports for
1: sure. and- and speaking of that, like, you don't know when you're going to need that, especially if you're an athlete and you're, and you're uh, getting uh, fatigued, right? You uh, should be training your ability to grip something and uh, get things done with your grip uh, when you're fatigued because that's when you're mm-hmm. going to need it. And that could be, like, between life and death or, like, losing and winning or wh- however mm-hmm. you want to put it. Uh, it, it could make the difference. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's, uh, it's it's really interesting. Uh, if you're tired and uh, you can't fight through it, uh, you got a problem. Yep, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's uh, really
2: all martial arts are all about Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo. Once you you can't grip anymore, you're out of ammo. It's it's game over. You can't you can't really like you lose your arms. You can't really do much, and and it happens with grappling. And I think that's one of the reasons I went into this direction because it's super uh, critical.
1: That's interesting. Um, I've been interested, uh, in getting, uh, getting into martial art. I haven't gotten into any, um, what would you recommend, uh, as, as being a martial artist, uh, and you I, trained in, uh, what did you trained in again? You trained I, in, uh, I, I, I
2: trained in judo mainly, uh, growing up, um, in, in, when I was growing up in Turkey, but I also was trained in Sambo, which is a, uh, Russian grappling art. Um, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, uh, who was an MMA fighter. He has a long background, yep. um, in, in Sambo. Um, and I jumped off into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. The man that jumped off <laughs> into the crowd. Yeah.
0: He's Again, phenomenal. McGregor he has,
2: fight, yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. amazing, <laughs> judo. he has amazing, uh, Sambo and wrestling. Uh, they all combine really well, but you know, in, in, um, in, in Canada and U.S., I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu has been taking off. It's been amazing uh, how far yeah. it came along the last 20 years. Um, I, I absolutely love Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I think it's probably one of the best if now in uh, in U.S. and Canada if you want to learn. But with that, I think Canada, you guys have really solid judo. I, I, I used to hate can- f- fighting Canadian athletes because they're so good in judo. Um, uh, that was a while back, but I'm sure. Yeah, there's a very solid yeah. background in judo. In Canada. I,
1: I I would like to get into that. Uh, I've always been interested in it. I uh, I can see myself getting into uh, martial art of some uh, some kind uh, in the near future. Um, so thanks for your uh, your information on that. That's awesome. No, sure. Um, do you currently uh, do you currently train?
2: <laughs> not not at a gym specifically. Um, I I, I yep. do have. Um, I, I do have a lot of uh, mats and uh, grappling dummies and things like that. And I have people, uh, my uh, old students over, they, uh, I used to train them at a gym. Now they would come over and reach, I train with them or I'm just throwing That's my awesome. grappling dummy around. Um, yeah, yeah. With COVID, it's been a little bit difficult, but um, but yeah, I can't wait for to get sure. back in.
1: So the demographics, I wanted to cover that quickly. You said uh, it's used a lot for rehab. So who, what kind of injuries would you or would make you want to look for a grapito. like what, so, what, what's what's forcing the uh the on the on the rehab
2: action yeah i was on a couple of physical therapy podcasts and uh the teams that the physical therapy teams that purchase it use it usually it's for uh tennis elbow and golfers elbow uh they try to uh use it for treat treating that and um and uh and I, I don't want to get into too much uh, on that because we I can't really say it can cure any disease. I just know that a lot of physical therapy offices use it for that specifically
1: because. Well, I can see. Mm-hmm. Sorry for interrupting you. I have, a, I have a bad habit of doing that because I'm so no, just what- want to get my. <laughs> yeah, 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 my yeah, apologies. Totally cool. You go ahead. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Uh, no, uh, basically, I think I was going to say, you know, a lot of the exercise they like physical therapists, they do like, it's forearm supination and pronation for elbow health. And actually that's really, um, I had a really bad tennis elbow and they were making me do a lot of that with like, uh, like a little hammer or something like that. And, but you know, my elbow injury was so bad. Every time I did it, I would get pain after. Right. So I started thinking, and you know, I was like, I know sleds, it has been always really great for lower body injuries because, of the non, because there's no uh, negative phase. And, and usually the negative phase is what causes tightening of the muscle later, especially when you have an injury. Um, so I was like, how do I make this concentric? And I thought, you know, thinking and I start putting my hand in a bucket of rice, turning it. And that's kind of what led to that. So it's basically letting physical therapists do things that they're doing now just without the negative phase if you're doing the sand if that makes sense. Yep.
1: Interesting. Um, so I, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. Like I, I, uh, with the concentric things, I understand like uh, the eccentric, like with, with, um, snatches, uh, or, or something like that. You're, or even like plyometrics when you're jumping, a lot of people just do the concentric action of it. They're not landing. Cause that's obviously the most, uh, risky part of it is when you're landing. Um, and the power generation on a clean or a uh, snatch is on the way up so i see all that's concentric um in terms of uh like with, when you're wrenching what are you what are you meaning with the concentric action because okay so with, depending on the action that you're doing can you explain that a little bit more so i can fully understand
2: sure if we go into a lot of detail so really the the finger flexors they're isometric they're not you, there's no uh, change in uh, motion of the muscle there. You're just gripping it, but for your forearm, uh, basically you're just working in one direction. So if I if I have my um, elbow 90 degrees, and of course I'm just working on uh, forearm supination pronation. I'm not. I'm trying not. I'm trying to keep my elbow in place and not use any sh- internal or external shoulder rotation. So if I'm here just working on this. So if I'm gripping the gripito and I'm just working here just pronating just working this way i just grip it i go i come i let it go i come back and i grip it and i go again so when i go this direction there's to grip it again there's no load on it so i'm just basically turning it and turning it like a doorknob in just one direction yeah yeah yeah.
1: so so when you're pronating it so obviously when you're in pronation your concept the load is uh only on the concentric action, so you're letting go, and then you're uh, so pro- you supinate and then pronate again. So now you're doing both actions of this, so you are working both sides of the muscle. And obviously when you're pronating, that, with the muscles that are causing the pronation are going to be the contracting. And there is going to be an eccentric component of it because obviously the antagonist of the, that, that uh, flexor, or the, pro- sorry, the pronator, is going to be lengthening, right? um well
2: so um uh, well i need to i need to think about this a little bit um I, I was just talking to a physical therapist about this and he did a little bit better job I, I understand explaining your concept but i'm, I'm yeah. just
1: playing devil's, devil's advocate yeah. on it you know what i mean so,
2: yeah so what i'm thinking here is um, if i'm working with a, ha- a hammer right here right um so if i'm coming down here um there's a uh I'm hitting the brakes and hitting it when it's uh, uh, parallel to the ground. Right. So it's 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 stopping here. Um, um, So there's an eccentric overload. I'm hitting the brakes here and then I'm bringing it here. Um, So I'm 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 working up here and I'm working the negative phase here um, for for that cycle, if that makes sense. So right now I'm not working this here. I'm just working here and gripping it back here. And that's what I mean. I'm just working uh, concentric for the, su- uh, for the, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the uh, pronators. Because yes, I'm working here. I understand, here.
1: Ex- I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. So you would do a lot of <laughs> pronation, just focusing on the contract, like uh, the concentric action uh, of it. So, uh, so letting, um, just holding it, letting it back down. So pronate, pronate, pronate. And then you would do supinate, supinate, supinate and balance it out. And where I think that, and I think everyone would probably agree with this, is muscles and joints, jo- joints need to be able to move in their optimal range of motion and they need to be able to have strength and stability behind it. So when you're uh, constantly r- in, um, pronating, you're going to be opening that joint up and you're doing it in rep- Repetition, so as if you're getting, you're getting warm and the tissues are warming up and becoming more kind of malleable-ish, like right, wrong word for it, but you know what I mean, just warming up, and the joints are warming up and all that connected tissue is warming up, like it's uh, over the time of consistently concentrically acting, you'll just like maybe get, just like squeeze a little bit more range of motion, maybe every time, right? Um, <laughs> just like a little bit, but then, then you're gonna do it on the other action, so you've just pronated a bunch, concentric action now you're gonna supinate right Mm -hmm. and the thing where I like it that's balanced to me like that's balancing things out that's length, Mm -hmm. having a good length tension relationship Mm -hmm. um, and which is going to be beneficial for joint health joint centration and and overall movement um, health um, In my kind of experience of things right so makes a lot of sense um, balancing out uh, the musculature um, and the elbows, and a lot of that elbow, t- tennis elbow, um, and and stuff, can happen from a lot of uh, agitated and tight muscles that are overworked, uh, either from a, just overuse injury or a sport uh, or overuse repetition in a certain way. It can happen too from um, static holding. So if someone's holding something consistently and uh, pissing off the the muscles in the elbow. And they're not operating properly and opening and sh- uh, sliding and gliding and lengthening and shortening and all this stuff it's going to be pissing off things right so anyway yeah. this comes into that balance it's just really neat with the rotation that's just why this, this is such an amazing tool i love the grappito, it's fantastic
2: yeah um w- w- any overuse uh, uh usually overuse is what causes elbow injuries from from my uh experience and talking to a lot of physical therapists that's the case um Um, like a lot of, you know, construction workers, if they're hammering, they get it a lot because it's the overuse. Um, one thing to add is I'm, I think Gripito is the sand training is just one step into overall programming. You know, after that, I think it is good to do hammer, uh, supination pronation. So if I'm, you know, uh, if you're, if I'm working here, if I'm having that, you know, having to hit the brakes and slow it down and then work it back up in, in this, um, if that makes sense in that, in that range, I think that's great. And I think that's very important uh, to have that in a program of uh, overall recovery. So Grappito just, the sand training just fits into a specific, it's like a stepping stone in a physical therapy process. And the overall strength training process is just a a, a overall conditioning tool that is a low impact tool that you can, uh, you can work in, um, in different range of motions.
1: So for Ooh. a sand wrenching bout, so for a rehabilitative um, bout versus a conditioning bout for someone that wants to fry their forearm, wh- how would they differ?
2: I'm sorry, I, could you repeat that? I
1: no problem. So mm-hmm. for someone that wants to rehab um, mm-hmm. their, their elbow or just... Get good movement in their elbows. Let's uh, just say someone that has elbow pain, they've maybe been told they have golfer's elbow or tennis elbow, and they they want to do some rehabilitative work with the torpedo. um Would that programming bout change? Like, it, obviously it would, but like, how would it change from someone that's trying to rehab? Like, what would the time? What would you start at? What would you do? And what would you do uh, uh, with the athlete or the the person that just really wants to fry their forearm? okay so yeah i I guess if you're if you're
2: if you're with an injury you know they need to i recommend working with a physical therapist to determine what stage they are at with their injury Uh, sometimes you know if it's you know there was times my elbow was so bad i would just come in they would just do massage and E stem, and they don't want me to even train um so it really depends on the stage they are but you know there is a point in there where uh when they're strength training uh, that a physical therapist can uh, uh, put it in there, and I think they usually put it into uh, a phase, uh, early stages with, um, and I think they use rice uh, to even make it less um, uh, strenuous. Um, so that's an option too. If you if you're fighting an right. injury, you want to probably use uh, some uh, a medium like rice that's you know uh,
1: less dense so, than r- sand. Sorry, interrupting. That's, sort of that's yeah. not really uh, a neat point because. Um, Back when I was uh, training a lot and into a lot of different courses, um, rehabbing and overcoming and getting past injuries and working with injuries, uh, sometimes the mechani- mechanism of injury or the musculature that is not functioning properly um, can be overactive and uh, cause uh, that pain. And, and if you overstimulate something, um, that compensation pattern will come out and it will, will not kind of let go and won't have a chance to because neurologically it's this programmed uh, to protect and kind of come on um, and, and it's it's in, a, in a, an effort to protect uh, the and get out of the pain. So a lot of time when that happens, muscles tighten up, right? So if you try something too hard, like in the sand, you're saying, maybe it's uh, just a little bit too much of a stimulus. So, some, in some cases, they're backing it off to the rice because it's easier um, and you can get that, that true movement and, and try and hopefully reset the joint and the elbow to allow that uh, place where you can actually heal, um, which is neat. So it's really cool. Uh makes a lot of sense uh, right? When, uh, when you're getting injured. Um, if something's very, very upset, you don't want to go, let's uh, just balls to the walls right at it. Uh, you want to move, move into it slowly. Uh, make sure you can move well, and once you move well, load things up and get strong through that movement pattern. So it's good stuff. We've covered a lot of really good information today. I uh, went. Up. I was aiming to go between 20 and 30 minutes. I think we went a little bit more <laughs> than that, but uh, it's been a really good conversation uh, about grip, about Grappito. Um, one thing that I don't think, I think you touched upon it briefly uh, before we started recording was uh, how Grappito came to be and why is it here? What what, what, was, what initiated you in the thought process with the Rapido?
2: Well, so I think it's um, in 2014, uh, Maryland Open. I was fighting a really tough Russian uh, opponent. Um, he got me in a really bad arm bar, and I heard my arm snap. Something just happened. Um, I, I, I had actually a lot of pain uh, instantly. I felt it. Um, I, I managed to work through the match, but then – I was diagnosed with tennis elbow, and, and I, I just kept going to physical therapy. It's just I, – I saw probably like 15, 20 therapists. I bought very expensive e-stems. I bought a lot of products, probably spent like easy four or $5,000 on uh, different products. I, I, I found products that were, that were very useful, but for my uh, – and, and some of those products helped my friends that have similar injuries – be completely okay for me it was not it was just not doing it it was a very it was a very bad injury um and that and that's what got me thinking because my 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 uh, forearms were not ready to do the hammer exercises with the eccentric load on on the uh, on the forearm muscles so that's why um i was like well how can i do this so it's just a, a positive phase and no negative and and that's that's what really started it. But after I started that, I have been using grip training and wrist training all my life. And I was like, well, how do I make this to, um, help, you know, make it like a product, a tool that has several different uses and several different, uh, steps to it. Uh, you can, you know, progress and regress. Um, so that's when I started thinking, Oh, about you know attaching it to a barbell, attaching it to kettlebells, attaching it to a loading pin, uh, uh, or attaching it to a cable machine. Um, that's how a lot of those came together. I also made the the, the ball four inches because I really like the wide grip. Uh, that's something I find really helpful, and I feel like that's something missing. A lot of people in the gym, you know, they're swinging kettlebells, they're grabbing barbells, and they're getting some uh, grip uh, uh, strength in that range, but a lot of people are not hitting the thumb and they're not working in that wide grip. And that's why I was like, well, let me add that to it. And that's kind of made the main model. And that's how it, it kind of evolved and came together.
1: That's awesome. That's a, a such a neat story of how you uh, developed and came up with Gripito. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, there's uh, nothing else on the market. Like I haven't seen um, that, uh, that works like it does. Um, I was just thinking too, like, um, I've seen a lot of people using it. You can use it for grip attachments. I, I, th- I believe you can you probably you can hook them up and use for, for pull-ups. You can uh, hook them up to a cable machine and pull, um, and do different exercises. You can do chops with them. You can pick one, uh, pick the ball, and, and just do different rows and different pulls. Uh, it's a very versatile uh, piece of equipment. Like you said, the sand wrenching—that's uh, something I've never done and I've got to get into. Uh, like I said, after uh, after speaking with you, it's a little fire uh, with the grip, so I'm going to be implementing the torpedo a lot more into my training, so I'm very excited about that. Um, it's uh, – you can – so the sand wrenching, the barbell, you can attach it to different uh, pieces uh, of equipment. And what about – um, wrenching, uh, I was thinking about rock climbers and I know like working overhead is dangerous for some folks and, um, it's much uh, safer to be under shoulder height uh, for shoulder impingement if you have any issues. Um, mm-hmm. for somebody that has healthy working mm-hmm. shoulders and, uh, like, have you played around with, uh, gentle, re- uh, r- rotations overhead, uh, with an attack or something, or do you um. have something you stay away from or? is that what do you do with
2: that I, I actually have a lot of sh- uh, impingement issues in my left shoulder doing overhead stuff this has just been really really challenging um yeah what i you know what i usually like doing is if i'm if i'm going to work work on conditioning um i, I like to set up the gripito pretty high i stand up and i and i have it like almost up like on my face level um you can even stand on a like a little plyo box or something so the distance from the ground and the top of the barbell is high and you probably need something like a squat rack or like a rack or something to secure it and make it high enough. Um, yep. that, that can be pretty, that can be pretty nasty. Uh, even if yeah, like I guess a,
1: if you're just getting yeah. up, up high here, just, yeah. just not, not like this, not but overhead, just, but about, like I'd that. Have, yeah. About, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. it's yeah. really neat. I love it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, I, that's the most I do. Um, that's the most I do. I know rock climbers, they have something called like a four inch diameter sloper, which is like a ball they grab. Um, and they do a lot of overhead grabs with that. Um, I think mechanically working the hand with the four inch gripito can can help with that. Um, but we don't I don't I, I we haven't done enough overhead. And I honestly, don't have that much experience with that yet. We're the rock That's climbing true. world is and new, you know, so yeah, for us. Yeah,
1: well, you'd always want to start um, probably in terms of rehab at, at, uh, at a bent bent arm and uh, below shoulder height, and then I guess you'd progress um, to straightening your arm out and then getting it higher up. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting just because if you're doing, there could be some neat uh, internal external rotation protraction um and retraction with the shoulder um some coupling going on there i wouldn't want to do it um well i don't know actually i'm just experimenting on camera here <laughs> i'll experiment uh, off camera with the grapito and i'll get back to you but um Emily, yeah, it's, been know, a, hmm? it's been a wonderful chat with you uh, i can't thank you enough um sure anytime you're the, your, your, the grapito is uh Just one of those pieces of equipment that I was uh, immediately drawn to. I knew exactly how amazing it was before even trying it. Uh, I could just see the benefit in it. Um, It just clicked. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, yep, that's an amazing product. So, um, guys, if you're listening, uh, be sure to check out uh, our YouTube channel. Follow it. uh, Share the podcast. Follow it. Um, Go over to grapidotrainer.com. Check it out. Uh, The Grapito is an amazing piece of equipment. Um, Again, if you want to, if you've had uh, issues with wrist and elbow, obviously talk to your physiotherapist, talk to your doctor, Um, but if you're at a point where you want to step into movement and trying to strengthen uh, things on your your own terms um, or under the guidance of a medical professional, whatever you want to do, try the Girpito out. It's an amazing piece of equipment and uh, it'll definitely improve your grip strength and function from the wrist and elbow into your shoulder, which is very, very important. Anyway, thank you very much, Emery, and uh, you have yourself a great day, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you back on here uh, in the near future. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. I had, a, I had a really good time. I really appreciate it. I had a really good time, too. Uh, like I said, I, was, I thought it was going to be like a 20, 30 minute, and I think this is up probably close to an hour. I'm just guessing right now, but uh, it's fantastic, and I think a lot of people will uh, enjoy it and uh, we'll probably uh, spark a few more people going down the grip hole. I uh, definitely want yeah, to people yeah. exposed to the torpedo because everyone should know what a torpedo is because it's an amazing piece of equipment. And uh, if you don't know what steel clubs bases are, definitely got to get into those as well.
2: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. They, they combine well, really without, well
1: without talking about those and kettlebells. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, take care, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us, share our podcast, all that good stuff. Thank you very much. And until next time, bye-bye.